Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Monter for the workday afternoon in the studio with finance presenter JP Ong. Now, before the lunch break, markets across Asia were pretty mixed. Some up, some down. Here in Singapore, it wasn't looking too bad. Uh, more of the same action from yesterday. I think so. I think it's just a bounce back from Monday's uh, decline. And we are extending our return past above that 2,500 level. The Straits Times Index a minute ago that was up by 0.6%. I'm happy to report that the Singapore benchmark has extended those gains just a little bit. It's now up by 18.5 points. That's a 0.7% gain and now at 2,534. We're not seeing as much rambunctious trading as we saw in the last two days, but it's still pretty healthy nevertheless. About 642 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. Uh, across the broader mainboard and callus, there are 238 stocks, REITs and trusts that are in the green, 144 that are taking a step back. So obviously more stocks doing better than mo- mo- more. There are more stocks doing better in in the, over the course of Wednesday session. When you compare the SGX and the STI, that is, across, against some of its peers in the Asia-Pacific region, we're actually far, faring better than most. Um, that's because most markets outside of mainland China and Hong Kong are actually taking a bit of a step back today. The Nikkei 225 has started to slow down. They are coming off of two very impressive days of gain. So the Japanese benchmark, uh, Tokyo benchmark, that is, might be pulling back just a little bit, maybe just a little bit of profit take out in Japan, down by just 98 points, though. So it's not a huge tumble down for Japanese stocks. The ASX 200 down by 0.7% out in Sydney. The concerns about the uh, resurgence of COVID-19 cases has prompted at least the state of Queensland to uh, close uh, their borders with uh, New South Wales and the state of Canberra or the central district there. So the ASX 200 please just feeling that tremor a little bit. You've got the South Korean Kospi though looking pretty decent today. This is going from strength to strength. The South Korean Kospi up by 1.2%. Out in Taipei, the Taiwan Weighted Stock Exchange also also trading 0.7% higher. So the picture in mainland China today, pretty decent. The Shanghai Composite up by 8 points. The Shenzhen Bourse also rising by 0.9%. This is also carrying over to Hong Kong. The Hang Seng trading about 117 points higher and now above 25,000 out there. But we'll see if they can hold on to that, barring any slip-ups. But so far, we're seeing at least a better day for markets in Hong Kong and here in Singapore. I think everybody's pretty much focused still on the ongoing talks in in, Hong Washington, D.C. regarding the possible stimulus package. Now, there are hopes and both sides are targeting to try and come to a possible fiscal package to to extend more support to the American economy by the end of the week. And this perhaps just fueling a little bit more support for markets, <clears throat> at least some of these markets that are trading higher. There's also news that uh, that trade representatives from the United States and China, remember this, um, they are planning at least on August 15 to revisit and review the progress made with regards to the phase one U.S.-China trade deal. Now, this was a source of contention for markets last year. This year, it's seen as one of the more calm uh, points of dispute, at least, uh, between uh, China and the United States. Both sides have actually said that they still intend to try and at least preserve this trade treaty or these trade deals. But we have heard from U.S. President Donald Trump, uh, who has said he cares much less now about the phase one deal or trade or trade relations with China because of what he says is China's role in propagating the COVID-19 pandemic. So you see the tension.
tensions at least are still high between these two countries. At least today, I think many markets, at least in mainland China, are still viewing this as a bit of a positive. It's carrying over here in to uh, Singapore, at least. And so far, the Straits Times Index and Singaporean stocks overall having a better hump day today. It is a good hump day. I, I, I can't complain if it stays along these lines. Now, you were talking about those ongoing conversations in the U.S. about the stimulus. How long have they been talking about this? They have been talking about this new package, I think, for the last week and a half. One of the key points of contention here is the $600 a week in terms of unemployment benefits extended to Americans who have lost their jobs. This expired last Friday. And there are worries that uh, they won't come to a deal. Right now, the Democrats, at least, on Capitol Hill want to extend this and keep it at $600 a week. The Republicans are saying, hey, we're extending a $1,200 paycheck to every American, we can actually trim this back to $200. But there might just be some wiggle room and they might meet in the middle. Nevertheless, if they do cut this significantly, it might stymie any consumer sentiment out in the U.S. Keep in mind that the world's largest economy is driven by the American consumer. Largely. About 65-70% of their entire economy is consumer driven. So if you take that engine out, Mm. this actually slows down the world's largest economy significantly. And mind you also that the consumer sentiment in, in the U.S. will also face pressure if they start to see more lockdown, renewed lockdowns, more social restrictions, sure. this is what really bit them in the caboose last quarter, which mm-hmm. is why you saw GDP fall significantly because a lot of these businesses were closed and because consumer sentiment was also sapped, except for those who were shopping online. But that's still not huge. I mean, you're talking about a lot of these brick and mortar stores, mom and pop shops that were suffering also. And if you can't uh, assure at least their their long-term survival, and if you start to see a lot of these shops and stores close, and they're starting to see that because of possible defaults because they can't meet their rent. This could actually stop the U.S. economic recovery dead in its tracks. And this is something the Federal Reserve and many of the FOMC senior members have warned, saying, hey, fiscal side, you need to also pick up the pace and you need to provide the support because it's showing promise in helping the American consumer and the American small business owner. Um, And why stop right now? There's a good thing going. And if you stop, this could mean a patchier recovery for for the world's largest economy. Well, you know, it's not just the U.S. and I think all modern economies are very consumer driven. So it's this chicken and egg question. Business is pulling back and not doing so well. Let's retrench staff. But in retrenching staff, you're also affecting their ability to be consumers. And which then turns around and bites you in the caboose all over again. Exactly. This is, and, and I think it matters really a lot for some of these bigger uh, economies. And some economies really are more reliant on consumer sentiment than others. The U.S., India, mm-hmm. I think about the Philippines as well. Um, you compare that to, say, China, which is still by and large driven by their industrial production and what they can export and send out uh, output-wise. This You start to see that the American consumer, and if confidence begins to get sapped, there are a few things that will sap someone's morale than losing their job or not having enough support. And I think this is something that many in the U.S. are watching out for, which is why these talks, at least, are very, very important. Not saying that they should or shouldn't uh, extend these, but uh, we'll just go by what some of the policymakers stateside have been saying, that yes, this is essential in trying to make sure that they can at least buffer themselves from the uncertainties because we don't know how long this pandemic is going to last. I don't see any light at the moment, so I don't think we're at the end of the tunnel. We're nowhere near the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on which way you're looking at it. From, From everything that we've heard, JP, though, 
this one's going to have a really long tail. Yes, absolutely. And a very unpredictable tail as yeah, well. Because, because that tail can wag. Yes. And I think uh, the issue now also is, okay, maybe we're coming closer to a potential vaccine. But now mm-hmm. the question is, how can you ramp that up? How do you distribute that? How do you get that to, to folks? Will you need to take this vaccine every year? It all depends on the maker and what they actually develop as well. So, look, there's a lot of things we have to check off the list first. If you had invested in gold, oh, I don't know, six months ago, you must be doing your happy dance now. Absolutely. Um, gold has officially crossed $2,000 uh, per troy ounce. Now, the previous high was at 1971 or 1971, 1931. Regardless, they've crossed that previous all-time high and they've also crossed 2000 And this is a, um, this isn't a uh, a skittish of uh, peak at what's above two thousand. This is actually this feels like a strong commitment saying no. I want to see. I want. I want a deeper relationship with gold above two thousand a troy ounce. Two thousand and twenty three dollars per troy ounce right now for gold. And this again because of this renewed flight to safe havens. They are saying that uh, because interest rates are so low across the world and that the shine at least of the U.S. dollar is starting to wane a little bit because of the uncertainties surrounding the U.S. economy. You know, gold is starting to become a very attractive play. Um, just taking a look also at how gold, uh, the Spider Gold ETF here in Singapore is trading. That has jumped up to 2.4 by 2.4% at 190 Singapore dollars per unit. And you, we, there are a handful of gold plays here in uh, Singapore, actually. And uh, well, well, one in particular that really comes to mind, CNMC Gold Mine. And you're seeing their shares on the, catal- on the SGX today jump up by 11.3%. So you're talking about another possible hot stock in today's session. CNMC Gold Mine trading at 34 and a half cents. But a lot of this pretty much, I would say, I would say is on the back of gold's very impressive run. And folks, some analysts have actually started to talk about, well, can, does gold have a shot at 3,000 a troy ounce at some point? By um, the end of the year, maybe? No, that's a, that, that, that is a long, that is a very, very uh, far be, uh, marker to, to cross. But, uh, but um, you know, I'd say give that another year or two before we actually Half think about doing that. But yeah, you're right. But I, I think barring any huge uh, uh, shakeup in the geopolitical order that Let's might warrant it. Let's just say this. Let's hope <clears throat> gold doesn't hit 3,000. Yeah. Because if gold does hit 3,000, imagine what the geopolitical situation is around the world. Well, that's what. It, that's the thing. We hope that it doesn't get that and we hope it's not prompt because that's the, one of the only things that can really see it jump to that level in the course of the next 12 months. And, you know, and... Uh, Heaven knows that the world does not need another skirmish, another global skirmish at the back of this pandemic. We don't need a skirmish of any kind at all unless we're skirmishing with the pandemic. Yes, there you go. All right. Well, um, DBS. Uh, everyone looks to DBS uh, and for their opinions. And they've upgraded Venture to a buy. I, I, why? Uh, well, uh, I will tell you why, but let's first talk about what effect it's having on Venture Corp. They're actually one of the best performers in the SCI today. They were today. from yesterday. They were from yesterday, and today they're up by about 3.5%. So they're actually doing better than some of these bigger blue chips. The tech manufacturer is trading at $18.70 a piece. Um, DBS has upgraded them to a buy, as you mentioned, and now have a higher target price of $20.70 a piece. DBS says that they present a more optimistic view because of the recovery in their supply chain. They believe that 
that the worst might be over in terms of the supply chain inconsistencies that plagued VentureCorp and a number of these other manufacturers. They also point to VentureCorp having strong financials and also the success of some of their uh, partners. Based on some of these channel checks that they conducted, they said that they've seen positive signs when it comes to the production activities for VentureCorp and that the supply chain and their ensuing demand is also relatively strong. Keep in mind that VentureCorp is a supplier of some of these high-tech goods that also figure in some of these these, uh, products that have seen stronger demand from folks who are working from home, and this also benefiting uh, the folks over at VentureCorp. But the other thing that might also play in VentureCorp's favor is if we start to see a continued distancing and separation between the U.S. and China, we might see a resumption of the supply chain starting to decouple between these two countries. If there is a decoupling and if some of these manufacturers start to look more towards Southeast Asia, VentureCorp presents itself also as a strong possible partner or a possible advisor as to how to lay out some of these supply chains. So there are there does VentureCorp have a number of avenues in terms of upside? It seems that's the case. DBS has also pointed this out that not uh, that aside, they have proved to be very very resilient, and thus why they've given VentureCorp the thumbs up in today's session. Also, uh, we saw uh, PMI figures here expand for the first time in six months. So if that continues to to trend upward, that could also mean um, um, a more continued and more sustainable recovery for manufacturers like VentureCorp. All right. Well, then it's good news for anyone who has been investing in VentureCorp. Mm-hmm. In uh, I don't know. We've and, been talking about VentureCorp for almost two years. Oh, you know? and, and uh, also, if I'm not uh, almost forgot, I believe VentureCorp is set to release their earnings this coming Friday. So this report coming is coming right at a very timely Day matter weekend. as well. Right before the National Day weekend, they are scheduled. Let me just check my calendar here to make sure that uh, I am not a fibbing. Um, yes, this is correct. Venture Corporation is releasing. Yes, on the seventh. And I believe that's going to be after the markets close. Oh, all right. Well, then, if you have an, a stake in venture, you might want to be listening out for It'll that. It's be very interesting next 48 hours. Okay. All <laughs> right. Uh, for the rest of the day, we will bring you updates as well on the market movements, which seem to be quite interesting today. And JP, of course, will be back for his market view on primetime later today. This is Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero with finance presenter JP Ong. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.